Hello, everyone, on this Arts Wednesday of our Road to Emmaus podcast. We hope very much that you all are well and finding ways to experience Easter each day. Today, I'd like to focus our attention on one little word, a word that comes in this week's Gospel reading, John chapter 10. This is where we hear of the very familiar description of Jesus as the Good Shepherd. And the word that is used there in the Koine Greek, which was the kind of Greek that was used at the time of the writing of the Gospels, Koine, Koine Greek has this word kalos, which John uses to describe as the adjective that we translate usually as good. But when I first arrived at my very first congregation, the priest there who was excellent in the Greek language, read his gospel from the altar, saying, I am the beautiful shepherd. This word kalos, actually in the ancient classical Greek, in Homer, for example, would usually, traditionally, be translated as beautiful. And this touches on something very, very special about Easter and about the inner meaning and reason why this mighty Christ being needed to incarnate at that moment in time. In the Greek culture, the good and the beautiful were one. What was noble, what was upright and moral, was also expected to reveal itself in harmony and beauty of form. One of the closest ways we can get to this experience in the English language, I think, and culture is when we see someone who, in the way that they speak, the way that they are socially, and the way that they move through life, we might use the term, someone is graceful. Grace is, you could say, the Easter substance itself. The word that we use to point at this element of gift that gives rise to joy. Grace. And so when someone brings that quality into the room, we might say they are graceful. Though, I have to say, I've rarely heard it in my last decades of life used in just regular language. And I think that has to do with how different our time is. In our time, it is no longer an expectation that what is beautiful is also good. In fact, we often might expect the opposite. Something outwardly beautiful pretty, seemingly perfect, we might actually naturally distrust. In our time, we expect 
everything to have a wound, a broken part. The picture of the perfect hero without a blemish is no longer an interesting story. All of the comic book heroes, if you follow popular culture, have also been completely transformed. They now all have some kind of dark backstory and have suffered or somehow tortured with bearing the gifts that they have to bear. Those are all just simple examples from popular culture that describe you can't tell the same stories you could like in the 1950s even with a figure like Superman. Now, if you do a Superman movie, there's all of this other story that reveals how there's tragedy or burden or struggle or pain in the hero. And this actually is the growing mystery of Easter breaking into our culture and lives. Because the human spirit in our time knows the true Redeemer will have wounds. He will not be without blemish. And so even our art longs, or you could say the human soul longs to experience an art with broken parts, openings, slightly out-of-tune instruments, things that show some vulnerability. And that's where we discover often for us beauty. But for the Greek, that was more the experience of what Thomas Aquinas would describe in the Middle Ages when he would try to understand the beautiful in his Summa Theologica, that the beautiful would contain three qualities, wholeness, harmony, and radiance of form. This experience of Christ as beautiful, as the whole human being, as the human being in harmony with above and below, with inside and outside, and radiant, not just spiritually, but in his form. This is a way, you could say, of expressing the marriage of above and below, of heaven and earth, that is the resurrected one the beautiful shepherd. <laughs>